Well, I'm going to attempt to finish up the Believe series this weekend. You were handed a worship guide when you walked in on the back, place for I Believe in Transformation. I wanted this story today because to me it's the power of transformation for Mr. Washington, what God is doing for him, how he heard his prayers. Without going into all Ashley's story, what God's been doing with Ashley over the last several months and how he heard her prayers and how he reached out to her. But here's what I'm more concerned about. How about you and me? How are we being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ? That's what he wants to do today. I, I, it's been a powerful setup this morning of, of worship. But, uh, you know, I, I think about the day and age we live. Uh, you know, I'm uh, all around the community and uh, lived here all my life and uh, go in and out of stores and marketplaces. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you've ministered, I've had the joy of ministering to thousands of people the last 34 and a half years of following Jesus. And, um, you, you go in, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but sometimes, you know, I see people, and they're a little bit unrecognizable. Uh, I just saw some friends today. Their kids were in our youth ministry years ago, and I remembered them. I remember their story. They're like, wow. But sometimes they're, 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 there's just this thing that happens to women sometimes. Like, uh, they, they used to be brown-headed, and then I run into them, and they're blonde. And, and they've totally transformed their appearance. It's called a, uh, some, some substance in a bottle. And they dye their hair. And, and I might add, it looks very nice on you women. And all the men said, and all the men said, amen, amen yeah. Now, it's a little funny for me when men do that. I just got to go ahead and tell you. If you're feeling, you know, just, you know. I tried that one time. I never told you that, did I? I was over at Donna's best friend's house one day, and they had a pool in the backyard. And we were hanging out, and they were doing some kind of coloring nonsense. And I said, hey, I want to try some of that because I was starting to gray then. They said, okay, come up here. And they put it in there, man. I got to be honest with you, I kind of liked it. I said, man, this is cool. My wife didn't think it was so cool. She goes, I can't wait that stuff gets out of your head. But for a few weeks, I looked younger and debonair. I thought, man, that's impressive. But whatever. Hey, I'm proud of this gray hair. I've earned every one of them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and somebody said, yes, Lord. Help the preacher. Okay. Hey, it's either turning gray or turning loose. You know what I'm saying? So y'all just get it easy. Like, man, this preacher likes to make fun of himself. Why not, man? Take yourself too serious sometimes. Oh, I want to talk this morning about transformation. I want you to turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. In verses uh, 17 and 19, I want you to see this. I've always loved 2 Corinthians 5, 17, but I want to read past that. It goes... And I'm going to read it from the NLT, so it might say it a little different than the New Living Translation. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun! Exclamation point. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. That's really just pure gospel that Jesus Christ comes and intervenes and wants to transform you and me. And he makes us this new creation. It's a fundamental platform foundation for the gospel of grace. That, that Christ makes all things new. That we become new. That we live differently from the life that we were leading. That the life we were living. That we become agents of change. And here's what I'd submit to you this morning, real quick, right up front. We all are in need of life change. 
regardless if you think you live a really good, moral, outstanding life, and probably most of you, or maybe all of you, or most of you want to, that's awesome, but we all need life change. Change is an ongoing, day-by-day process of transformation. We just don't arrive. Now, I've met some people that think they've arrived, but they've simply deceived themselves. And, um, and here's what happens sometimes. We think, well, if I'll just try harder, if, if, if I'll just do more good things, and, and, you know, I guess I suppose it could be okay to do good and to try hard, and then you fail, and then you repeat again, and then you try hard, and you do good, and you fail, and you repeat, and you just keep repeating, and it just leads to endless frustration. You're like, man, where's the power of Christ? Where's the power of the resurrection? Or then we go, well, I read, and I pray, and I fail. I read, and I pray, and I fail. And I read, and I pray, and I fail. And I got a new one for what happens in the church. I read, and I pray, and I fail, and I fake it. I just fake it. And the church is filled with people. I'm talking about just the the body collectively across the oceans, across our city, across the nation. A lot of people just fake it. And one of the things that I'm asking God, and I pray for our uh, congregation, is that God begins a transformation work that we will not fake it, and we'll be real, authentic people in Jesus Christ. Amen? I mean, this this idea of, oh, let's just smile. Just take your smile and stick it in your ear. Sometimes you just need to be real and let people know, man, I'm hurting a little bit. I need to be changed. In, in the Greek, the words morphu, morph, morph is, is changing. It's an ongoing process. And what you and I need is an inward, real, authentic transformation of the inside out. Now, it's fun to look at people that get outward uh, transformations and they you know, they, 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 uh, okay, you, you ever watch info commercials when you can't sleep and you know, maybe you've gotten up and read the Bible and prayed and then you flip back on the TV or whatever and they get all these ads for stuff and they're like, man, I'm a P90X body, look like this, you know, it don't work, I've already tried. No, I mean, I don't know, I guess it does work. And I, I exercise all the time or I'd be about twice as big as I am now, but the reality is, transform your body, you know, for, for $400, no, not for $400. Not for 300 but for four payments of $29.95, you can look like this. And the thing is, you're laughing, you're like, man, how does he know? Okay, you tried it. Because it's an outward deal. And it's okay, I mean, I, I think physical exercise is good, and we want to take care of the temple of God. But God is much more interested in the inward heart and soul of man, Amen. And he wants to transform us. And I don't know about you, it's out of the overflow of my heart. That's who I really am and who you really are. And you know a lot of times you mess up and you say something. And what do we say, men? What do we say, women, when we mess up? I didn't really. No, no, wait a minute. I didn't really mean that. Yes, you did. Yeah, you did. You got caught. It just, it just leaked out. It came through your mouth. Because that's exactly what was in your heart. And Jesus says, you know what? I want to do a transformation of the heart. I want to change you from the inside. I want to make you more like my son. So we're going to look at scriptures that maybe speak to this. We long to morph. It's the, it's the spiritual DNA of man and woman, boy and girl, is that we be changed into the image of Christ. You know, there, there's, it's a multi-billion dollar empire, all the self-help books and magazines and videos and all this stuff. Like, man, if you'll do this, you know, you'll change. And, and then if, if you'll do this, your, your kids will be perfect. Well, that's a lie. 
Has anybody in this room ever met perfect kids? Have you met perfect parents? I don't think so. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, so trans, transformation here. It's, uh, I, I want you to write down a verse as I was studying this. I want, it's not in your notes. Proverbs 4. I want you to turn over to Proverbs. And I was looking at this, and I've meditated on this passage over the years, but I was thinking about our time together. And in chapter 4 of Proverbs, I, I want you to look at 23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life guard your heart if if i could speak boldly and candidly to you and me this morning i'd go guard your heart your heart is deceitful above all things said jeremiah but guard your heart set your heart on things above set your heart on the lord jesus set your heart align it with his word god began to transform and the uh, good news it says we must carefully choose what we think about carefully diligently we begin to say god what's taking what's uh, occupying my thoughts the whole things of philippians about what things do we think are noble things worthy things this transformation is a partnership it's a it's a it, transformation let me just say transformation is an inward work of the holy spirit working in the life of a believer it's a work of god but there is a partnership and i don't want you to excuse yourself this morning and go well transformation is all about god it is all about god but god in his infinite wisdom he invites us to participate to cooperate him in the process called transformation sanctification that we get set apart for his purposes and we do have a a part in it the power comes from him the desire comes from him but god lets us choose to work with him um, in in philippians if you just write down chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 there's a passage there that will bother you, and I would never say this. Salvation is a free gift of God, but the Bible says don't work for your salvation. It says work out your salvation. Like when you go to the gym, you physically work out. You express to transform physically. Christ would say spiritually, work out that which I am doing on the inside. It, it's critical. And so, so God, I, I have a part, Lord, uh, I, it's, it, it's a paradox here sometimes when you look at it you're like well i don't understand what, so what's a paradox gk chesterton chesterton said truth standing on its head to get your attention god i, I can't merit this but god you so long for me to be changed you you so long for me to become like your son that died for me lord you, you want more you want me to cultivate you want to you want me to be shaped yeah, I say this all the time, but God wants to shape you and me according to his precepts, to his word. He wants to frame your life according to the scripture. He wants to form, he wants to recast, he wants to mold your life and mind according to this. So you've got to spend time here saying, God, what do you think? God, what is your will? God, what do you long for? And, and I, gotta, I, I just know there are people here today going, well, I, I just don't read. I don't like to read. Well, get over that, man. Get an appetite for God's Word. I've never met a growing believer in Jesus Christ that did not have an appetite for God's Word. And the church said, it's not an option like, well, I know, man. If you feel like it, read it. Guys, I've been a Christ follower for a long time. There's sometimes I don't want to read. You're like, well, I can't believe you said that. You're the preacher? Because I know he's going to clean my clock when I read it. Has anybody got that t-shirt? I've got it on. Y'all want to see it? It says, clean my clock. No. I mean, sometimes you read it and God's like, man, I wanted to speak to your heart. 
I want you to guard your heart, Keith. I want your heart to be transformed. So we work it out. Let me fill in the first blank here. Knowing God leads to a transformed life as you allow the Word of God to shape you. Just knowing God through Jesus Christ, it transforms us. It, it realigns us with Holy Scripture. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ dwell in you and me richly. Oh, I, I long for that. I pray for the day that just all of you walk in with Bibles, and they're not just Bibles, they're, they're marked up. You're tethering your life to the truths of God, but they're tattooing your heart. They're transforming your mind. They're transforming your behavior. They're transforming your marriage. They're transforming your family. You're saying, God, I'm getting. But, you know, when we have a lack of hunger, it shows that we're spiritually sick, that sin has risen up, that sin has a dominating value in our life. It has a, a stronghold. It's like uh, when, when you just eat a lot of junk food. It reflects itself physically, doesn't it? Yeah. And when you eat stuff of this world, it reflects. And God says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We'll look at the, matter of fact, look at Romans 12 too. My favorite passage on transformation. Memorize this verse many years ago. Have chewed on it, meditated it, read the Greek on it, studied it. Still don't quite totally get the impact of it, but it's God's word and it's God's truth. And here's what he says. Don't copy the customs, the behavior of this world, but let God transform you into a new person. It, so he transformed me into a new person by the, changing the way you think, and then you will learn to know God's will for which is good and pleasing and perfect. But let's go back here. He says, but let God transform you. So here it is. It's God does the transformation. So don't, I don't want you to leave here saying well, pastor wants us to try harder. He wants us to read more. No, no, you missed it. I want you to invite God to do his transforming work in you, but you participate, you partner, you cooperate fully of saying, God, I'm alive, I'm alive. Revive me by your word. God, do a new work. Transform me. Lord, let me begin to focus my thoughts on you. Let me meditate on what you say. Because we've got so many messages coming at us every day. Man, this world's got so many messages and uh, and so many different mediums that come at us. And God says, I want you to have a wonderful life. Let me say this about transformation. Sometimes the way God transforms is not the way I like. And, here, and I don't think you're going to like it either, but it's God's way. And he's sovereign. He's God, so he can do what he wants. Sometimes God prunes us. Sometimes God, Father God disciplines us to get our attention. And in the greater work, he's transforming us all the time into the image of his son. So this morning, if you find yourself, don't think you're not loved by the Father, because you are. Oh, how he loves us. I, I love the songs today. They're just so speaking of what I'm preaching about. But God wants to transform us. He wants to recast our heart, to reshape it. Create in me a pure heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast not the Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, Psalm 51. God, do that in us. See, this morning when we came in, there was just something, I just sensed there was a little more hunger in here today. During worship, it was just a little deeper today. Maybe because you were just really beat up. Maybe because you just really need God to come through. Maybe because you're just really submitting to him. Maybe because you're just going to resurrender. I don't know, but I just believe that God's doing something even right now as I speak his word, and I praise him for that. The wonderful life of transformation. 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, we are being transformed into Christ's image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
We're being transformed moment by moment, glory unto glory. Transformation, it's a process. It's not a quick fix. Oh, I wish transformation was quick. In my redemption story, I was radically, in a Paul kind of way, transformed one night and quit some behaviors immediately, but it wasn't complete. It is continuing to this day. There are things right now I wish, man, I wish I could break that. And that song, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Can anybody identify this morning that you've got a chain won't, you want broken in your life? Just hold your hand high. You've got a chain you want broken. And if your hand's not up, you get your mate. That ought to just raise your hand for you. Because I'll assure you. You know what I've learned about marriage? They already know what the problem is with you before you know it. They already know. They live with you. And it gets a lot better when we finally go, I've come to the realization, this is my problem. They want to go, hallelujah, hallelujah. But that would not be sensitivity in the marriage covenant. You'd be in my office for counseling. But you just, you, you want to work through this thing. God, let me, let me move on with this. I, I think if, if you look at Exodus 34, I love the story of Moses. I want you to look at verse 29 and see what God's word says. In Exodus 34, 29, it says, When Moses came down Mount Sinai carrying the two stone tablets and scribed the terms of the covenant, he wasn't aware that his face had become radiant because he had spoken to the Lord. So when Aaron and the people of Israel saw the radiance of Moses' face, they were afraid to come near him. Moses, basically, he, he just got right there in the presence of God Almighty. Moses is up on the mountain for this 40-day period. He's up there fellowshipping with God in his presence. And here's what happened. The presence of God rubbed off on Moses. And when Moses came down to the people and they saw Moses, they were afraid because, man, he was just like, man, he was just glowing. And I thought, that's what God wants for you and for me. He wants me to be so in the presence of Jesus that I reflect his glory glory to glory i reflect his character i reflect who he is not who i am the world doesn't need to see any more of me and they don't really need to see a bunch of you they need to see jesus through you through your personality and and, and here as you see this moses received the word god spoke to him and the people they're afraid to come near and i just often thought god when we, look at the point here when we spend time in his presence we're transformed you and I, just like Moses, this is an Old Testament deal. And how much more in the New Testament age that we live today can we reflect the glory of God? But as Moses went up there and he took off the veil and he stood there and he just reflected, he got rubbed on by God. Okay, let's put it this way. You get married. Your bride comes through the door and she comes down here. She comes down the aisle of your church and she has a veil covering her. And you know behind veil, it's beautiful woman. And does she keep the veil on? No, she removes that veil and, you, and dad gives her a kiss and then you give her a kiss. That's what God wants to do. He removes the veil. In Christ, the veil has been removed and now we can have fellowship with God. We don't go through any earthly priest. We go through the high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can reflect his glory forever and ever. Man, I get excited about that. Except a lot of times I just... Don't reflect much of him. I get a lot more of me and a lot more of my flesh, and maybe you do too. So not being afraid to come near him. You know, have you ever noticed this? 
Today, I think, will be one of those days. We have been in the presence of the Lord in a rich way already this morning. And somewhere between this altar, your chair, and the parking lot, the glory of God will fade. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And you will make some comment to somebody that rode in the car with you, or you might even get there and they're like, and in their mind, they're not saying, but they're like, I am so glad my mom came to church today. I am so glad preacher preached on that. Man, my dad needed it. Now, knowing all the time, you probably need it too, but you're like, you know, I'm just glad they're here. But somewhere it fades, and that glory fades. That's why we have to continually be in the presence of the Lord, because it just kind of fades off in this world. But yet Moses, he was, he was so energized. Moses was so charged. The man, they couldn't, they couldn't look at him. They were afraid of him. He said, anybody walked up and you went, you are so holy. You are so righteous. I'm just, I got to, I got to go over here and stand. No, because we probably hadn't been with him enough. Lord, transformation. I, I hope this begins to, to speak to you. Philippians would say, shine like the stars in the universe because Christ, the hope of glory, lives in you. And we reflect his love. Let me give you a, a thing here, right in the middle of the page. It says, having a transformed life means these four things. I'm going to give it to you. Number one, it means you have a new identity. When you're being in the process of transformation, you have a new identity. You know who you are in Jesus Christ. Individually, you know your sins are forgiven. You know that you have eternal, abundant life in the Son. You just know my identity is Christ. And that's a critical point for Christ followers. And then you know that you have been shaped by the events and the circumstances. You've been shaped by your past. You've been shaped by your heritage. But your identity is Christ. And your identity must be found. Your identity must be rooted in Jesus Christ. Can I just tell y'all, I have to constantly check myself. I know these truths. I've been teaching these truths forever. But I constantly get reminded that my identity has to be Jesus because this world will just rip me and strip me of it and beat me down. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I teaching truth today? I am trying to be as transparent as I can with you. Identity. Christ. If you want transformation, you have to have your identity in Jesus. All right, let's look at the second one. Community. You learn to reveal yourself to others. You know, I don't know, man. It's like a support group to me. Exactly. Sounds like an AA meeting. Well, you know, praise God. Sounds like a hope recovery meeting. Sounds like a Samson society. Sounds like something. Sounds like uh, I've been deceived. Sounds like somebody that wants me to do life with other people. We do. I'm going to tell you right now, the men in this church that are growing like this have found the power of community. They call me every week. They come see me every week. They talk to me about Jesus Christ transforming their life, doing life with other men. And right now, if you ask them, what is the greatest thing about our local fellowship, they won't go, it's Jeff Bush's music and his talent, as great as that is. They wouldn't go, it's the children's ministry, it's the student ministry, it's missions, it's this, it's your preaching. They certainly don't say that. You know what they'd say? They'd go, the greatest thing is when I do life with other men and we have bore our souls one to another and people accept me like I am and I'm learning to journey with Jesus. I'm making a strong case today for you to do life so they want to live and they want to die in community. Identity, community. Look at the third one. Integrity becomes a part of transformation. You just have integrity of lifestyle, intimacy, trust. You share the deep issues of your heart. You desire to grow. You're wanting to be deeply known by a few. You find support. You stay in a state that I want to be honest and I don't want to be crippled. I don't know about you. I just don't want to be crippled emotionally. I don't want to be crippled spiritually and I don't want it for you. 
Every weekend when I walk in here, I see so many people at different walks and different spiritual temperaments and degrees and maturity and childlike and immaturity and spiritual giants and, and just all over the page. But I also see cripples that come in this room. And I'm not talking about precious Mr. Washington. It was crippled of body, but he's whole of soul. They're just crippled. And they've let the enemy or they've let life happen. And I'm just begging you to let Jesus break the chains today by his power and to walk out in resurrection faith. Amen? Crippled. There's nothing attractive about being crippled. We don't have to be in Christ. So identity, community, integrity. Give you the fourth one, ministry. Ministry flows out of this kind of life. Just a solid ministry that what does God want me to do? How does God want me to serve the body? How can I serve? Serving is not an option in the body of Christ. I say that all the time, but some people think, well, you know, I got the, I got the, uh, the free card. I got the, you know, you, you get a free pass. You do not. If you're a Christ follower, God expects you to serve somewhere. He expects you to use your gifts and deploy them for the glory of God. And so God, do something. Look at the three stages of morphing with me. Number one, spiritual birth. You don't morph into transformation if you don't get born again. Nicodemus says in John 3, Jesus replied, tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. I mean, he, was, he didn't go, well, you know, guys, you know, you could be born again. You know, you could just be religious. You know, hey, don't worry about it. No big deal. You know, hey, just go. No, he says, if you want to be transformed, you got to be born again. Look at the next one. You have to have spiritual maturity. You, you, you morph into maturity. I like what Ephesians 4.13 says. This will continue until we come into such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. We move to a different place. We, we move on with God. We grow up. We, we have an intake of the Word. I want you to look at this quick thing here about the power of believing, of going forward in maturity from Francis Chan. I, I want to just stand here and beg you to read this book for yourself. I want to beg you, go home and just read this book. Just read it. And what does it say? Just read it over and over and over again. You get so many messages all day long. You hear so much noise, so many lies. These people need to get the Word of God in their minds. You've got to just be consumed by this word where every time you think, you think like someone from here. What, what, what would he have done? What would he have done? What would Jesus have done? What have the believers done for all of these years? And let that be your thinking. Let that be your mind. Serious about this book. Seriously believing in the promises of this book. And I know this is something you've heard from some of you most of your life, but I'm talking about people who really have faith in this book because people will lie to you. So many people are gonna to lie to you throughout your lifetime. And even people who sit in church services will lie to you, tell you what you want to hear, tell you how you can become more like them. And unless you are in this book reading it over and over and over again, you're not gonna be able to tell who's lying to you. I said, all you need to know is that I am a human being like you and I read the Bible for myself i read it read it read it study it study it study it and then i pray to that god and that god listens to me and you're putting all of your trust in these people to tell you what it says how do you know they're telling you the truth where's the proof there 
And I know we hear that story and we go think, yeah, you know, those guys, they, they don't study the word for themselves. But I'm, I, I got to ask you, how do you know if I'm telling you the truth? Man, do you know this book well enough? Because I just think people are going to lie to you your whole life. And it'll be very easy for you to fall into that same trap and just try to find the most entertaining speaker or the most uh, apparently uh, scholarly, most popular teacher. And I'm reading the story going, God, could I do that? Am I willing to just say whatever and stand on your word? Do I know your word well enough to where I can just look at something? And... That's a lie. I've been reading this book my whole life, going backwards, forwards. Can you do that? Or do you just trust you guys, I, I get scared that some of you, you just follow because they, you know, they say they're a scholar or they'll, they'll pronounce something in the Greek and you don't know. And the Bible says, man, listen to their doctrine, pay close attention to that, but also look at their lives. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. To look at those people and say, man, is that guy really walking? Does, does he remind me of Jesus? But you won't even know what Jesus looked like unless you study this book. You guys, I, I, I get very concerned that more and more people are disbelieving this book and they're not taking the obvious teaching in this book. He says, look, a day's coming when people will not pay attention to sound doctrine, but they're going to go and try to find people to tell them what they want to hear. Look, you may already be doing this. You guys, do you take this literally? Do you take the Word of God literally? Amen. Wow. Crazy love author Francis Chan. One of my favorites. So Francis just said, hey, read it, study it for yourself. Get in it, read it back. And I, I love when Francis Chan does that. He just, you know, just, you know, just do this. Just read it. Just do it. You know, like, and the thing is, I, you know, I've, I've only heard him speak live one time in California, but I'm, I'm sure his Bibles are just falling apart. I mean, you can't just do that all the time and not, you know, it fall apart. But he's so passionate about God's word. And that's what I'm just praying. If you want transformation, you have to mature in your faith. And that comes through knowing God and through being in his word daily, consistently making it a part of your life. Let's look at the third one, spiritual reproduction. Then Timothy would say, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. He would say, press on, mature, pass it on along to others. That is what I've tried to do in my very life. I've tried to pass on the truths of the eternal God through my lifetime. And that's what I plan to do all the days of my life. And so many of you do that so well. And you're such an example to me and to one another. And others yet are still not convinced. But if you want transformation, you get involved. And you do life and community. And you find your identity in Jesus Christ. And you decide to spiritually be matured. And you're, you grow in your walk. And you're adopted. And you're chosen. You're accepted and the beloved as the scripture teaches. You just learn to walk. You know, the other day I was watching little Taylor Ann at our church. Little Wilford baby. She's, she's like a little China doll. You just look at her and she has these big eyes. And, and so I was with her a few weeks ago. They came over to the house. And, and here was Taylor Ann. She came to the house and she wasn't quite walking. But she was strong. And she straddled the doorway. I mean, it, and she was, and, and then she looks at you. I mean, it's kind of foolish, and then, and then she might do that. I understand the other day she started doing this, not, not on steps. She's not that advanced yet, but she started walking. And what happens is when you learn to walk, you put this foot in front of this one, and then this one, and you lean into it, and then you do that one, and then you do this one. And like right now, I'm not saying, now think, you have to walk, you have to walk, you know, put the, I just do it. Because I learned to walk one day, and you learn to walk, it's a cool thing. I just want you to walk with Jesus. 
just one foot in front of the other, and you just choose to mature in the grace of Jesus Christ, being transformed. So here's my comment. I believe in transformation. Do you?